Canadian Football League, of course, uh, as you know, is working on a variety of plans, but they're in a holding pattern, too, uh, because there's no way of knowing what they can do until we get a little further down the calendar into June and maybe into July a little bit before uh, we get a clearer picture of what COVID-19 is going to do to our country. And we're going to start off for the show, the Bomber Hour tonight, Christian, with Brandon Alexander, Blue Bomber Safety, joining us from way down there in Florida. Brandon, welcome to the show. <laughs> I thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Man, what about yourself? Yeah, we're doing fine. Tell us how COVID-19 has impacted on you. Uh, well, just uh, a little bit of reinvention on myself, just uh, being able to you know, find things around the house to, you know, work out and uh, basically just honing in on, on other crafts that, you know, I enjoy doing. And so, uh, to be honest, quarantine could have been like the best possible thing that, that happened to, you know, myself. And I could probably speak for others, you know, just being able to, uh, you know, find other things that you enjoy doing and, and honing into that as well. There's not a lot of uh, controversy in Canada about the quarantining and all that. Brandon, everybody is kind of uh, towing the line here, but I know in the United States it's a little bit different. The states all have kind of a different approach to it. How would you describe what's going on in Florida? Are there mixed feelings about uh, whether or not people should stay inside? Well, I believe that's going on everywhere. Um, and I know for for us that it's starting to open up a little bit more. There's more people going outside. There's still people wearing masks and things like that, you know, as of myself. But um, at the end of the day, it's things that are slowly, slowly coming along, and it's going to still take time in the process. But um, you know, you got to be able to try out new things in order just to see what's going to, you know, transpire in the future. So uh, again, it's going slowly but surely. When did it hit you that uh, you weren't you weren't going to open training camp here, and you gee, you might not play until September if you play at all? When did that realization finally sink in? Um, to be honest with you, I have no idea. It's just, you know, I, I'm just staying ready. And, uh, you know, whenever the time comes, it comes, you know, and, um, again, I'm like, I'm training every day, you know, whether that's in the gym, working out or outside on the field, you know, doing drills and, and things. So, you know, whenever that time comes, I'm ready. I'm just, you know, that's not what I kind of focus on. I focus on whenever they, they make that call that, you know, I'm not out of shape or anything like that. I'll be ready to go. All right. Christian. I know for myself at the start of this quarantine, there was a feeling of, okay, I've got a lot of spare time. What are some things I've always wanted to do? So I bought an electric drum kit. I haven't practiced as much as I probably should have, yeah, but what, yeah. what are some things that you've, you've realized, oh, I've got time. I'm going to, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to develop this passion or work on this thing. Well, I've been reading a lot and I've also been doing uh, music. I'm very passionate about music. You know, anything that you do, uh, whatever that you listen to, you're always listening to music somehow, some way, whether you're in the car or you're getting ready for a game or anything, you know, and I just, you know, love music. So I sit here and I, uh, I make beats, you know, I got me a computer that I, I bought in November and uh, I got a beat maker sitting right here. And I also uh, write lyrics for, for songs and things. And so I'm getting that going. I just love sitting down and, and just writing my thoughts out on the paper. Eddie Tate had a, a nice piece in BlueBombers.com a few weeks ago, Brandon, about your venture into the music field. And in particular, it's rap music that you're working on, right? Of course, yes. Yeah. Well, and tell us where you feel this is going to take you. Can you write some songs, maybe, uh, you know, put out an album? Well, um, that's what I'm working on. I'm working on an EP right now, just being able to, you know, piece it together. And it's a little bit more difficult. And the reason why is because 
um, I'm a, I am a conscious type of rapper and, um, you know, I speak on, you know, real life events. Uh, you know, I speak from like where I come from. Um, you know, I make feel good music and I also just, you know, this is my feelings. You know, I'm very kind of sensitive about, you know, what I write about. And so I want people to be able to hear, you know, what I got to say and, um, you know, what I got to say is just real stuff, you know, things that people go through in everyday life, you know, like one of the people that I listen to a lot would be like Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, you know, these guys come out and they actually speak, you know, truth and things that you do on every single day lives. And, you know, that's what I'm about. You know, I'm about being able to, you know, push the music and have it touch somebody and be like, you know, I went through that or, you know, I'm going through that right now. And this is helping me get through situations. If I can do that, then I'm doing my job because I know a lot of artists help me through situations as I was growing up as well. So I want to do the same for other people that I don't even know. So you've always been a music fan. When did you first kind of get serious about writing and maybe thinking you could record something? Well, I've always been writing. I've been writing since uh, my senior year in high school. Oh, have you? Okay. Um, I f- yes, I first put something on a beat when I got to college my freshman year. Uh, a guy by the name of Bruce Dukes has showed me how to write on a beat because I was just writing a cappella. And since then, I've just been writing, but I took it really serious, literally after the Great Cup. You know, um, you know, we're going out celebrating, but anytime we go home, you know, I'm just home by myself. And, uh, you know, I'm a big gamer and I had an Xbox and I like to play a lot of 2K and Madden and things. And uh, it came to a point where I just did not want to play the video game no more. I didn't know what it was. And so I sold my Xbox and I was sitting in the house for three days like, what am I going to do? You know, and I, I tried different things and, you know, they were cool and, and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I really do enjoy music. Let me go and invest in myself and see what I could do with it. And that's when I bought the computer and started making the beats first. And I was like, you know what? I can write too. And I'm a, I, I got back into my writing. And um, since since March all the way until now, I've written 55 songs. I've recorded one, but um, I'm moving pretty well. And, uh, you know, I, I'm pushing this thing. So um, I, I pride myself on being versatile on the field. I pride myself on being versatile <laughs> off the field as well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoy it. That's cool. I just wanted to ask Bob a quick question here. Do you know who Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole are? I've heard the names. I haven't heard any other music, but I know the okay. names. Do you know them, Christian? Yeah, I'm aware of them. I'm not a. I'm not big into rap, but I am, no, um, am I. of a slightly younger generation than you. Um, yeah. So I, I am more familiar with them. Hey, I try sure. to stay up to date on what's going on in the world, <laughs> Christian. Come on. <laughs> come on. Come <laughs> on. Brandon Alexander with us from Florida. We said it's 21 degrees. That's 70 Fahrenheit. What's it uh, down there in Florida, Brandon? Uh, earlier this week, I don't know what it was today, but earlier this week it was uh, 91 degrees. So I Ooh. believe that's like 30, 31 degrees Celsius. Yeah, that's about right. Well, it's, pretty, yep. it's pretty hot down here. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we consider 21 to be pretty hot for this time of year. Listen, <laughs> let's go back to the Grey Cup win. Uh what was the highlight for you of that whole event? The, to be honest, it was the the energy um, in the game. It was being around the teammates during the week, uh, just being able to enjoy the moment more so uh, than the actual game. You know, those guys are a very special uh, group of guys that I played with. And, um, you know, just, just being around those guys, man, just make my, make my day better, make – make the, the game better and um, the support that we have for each other is just phenomenal. Just that 
energy when we stepped on that field that we knew that we were together no matter what um, throughout the whole thing was just, you know, a highlight for me. Did you have any kind of a special feeling going into the game that good things were going to happen? I did because of the fact that we, we've been through adversity the whole year and it just wasn't, uh, you know, nothing new. We expected to be there. You know, we wasn't surprised to be there. Um, you know, and throughout the whole year, we had ups and downs, you know, due to injuries and um, and things like that. And, you know, we got hot at the right time, being able to come together. We was always in those meetings talking, you know, how we could do better. Um, we was always hanging out outside of the facility, just, you know, getting along with one another. And that's, you know, the big part of it. And so, you know, with all those things just accumulating up and getting into the Great Cup, you know, again, we expected to be there. and We expected to uh, play how we play. You know, we play um, really hardcore, you know, you know, tough football. And, you know, that's what we brought. And then the celebration when you got back to Winnipeg, that was something special, wasn't it? Oh, definitely. It's something that I, I've never seen. Everybody came out of the city and, 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 you know, especially with the parade and uh, and everything. It's just, uh, <laughs> uh, if I would have relived it again, I, I will. Like, it's just one of the highlights of, of my career, of, of my lifetime so far, you know, and uh, I, I really hope that I can, you know, do that again because uh, I, I just can't explain uh, how I really felt for those couple of weeks that I was up there after the Great Cup, it was just, you know, the city just really embraced who you are regardless and um, and what you're about. Like, the city really loves and enjoys, you know, football and, and the people that are out there. Yeah. Christian? Did you get your chance, your day with the Great Cup? Of course. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't get the, 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 the day with the Great Cup. What I did was I went out and um, we had a Great Cup showings at a couple of places. And, you know, I ended up going and taking a couple of pictures with it and things like that. And they had the Great Cup inside the, the stadium. And, you know, being there is just it's a sight to see, you know, and uh, being able to, you know, have it there just honest is, is really cool to me. And so uh, spending those couple of days, those couple of hours with the Great Cup, just sitting there, just looking at it like, wow, we really did it. You know, um, it's just amazing. They're going to play eight or nine games starting in early September. If everything works out, Brandon, you okay with that? I am perfectly fine with that. I know that, you know, the CFL commissioner, CFL PA, everybody, you know, Mr. Wade, Miller, everybody's out there working extremely hard to, you know, push this thing and, you know, whatever comes, you know, off of it that we're, we're standing right behind them. Well, Brandon, listen, uh, we appreciate you joining us and doing this tonight. Interesting to hear about your work on your music. Uh, Keep at that, and we look forward to seeing you here later in the year. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Brandon. All right. Brandon Alexander, Bomber Safety, with us from his home in Florida. Christian O'Mell and Bob Irving with you on this Bomber Hour. Bob, I don't know about you, but I found myself more than I was before connecting with people online through this the last couple months, doing more video calls, whether it's FaceTime or Zoom or house party. And it feels like a lot of people are in that mood where they, they want to get together with people, but they physically can't, so they're doing whatever they can. Oh, yeah. A lot of that going on. I think we're all involved in that. And Daryl Budnick is a bomber season ticket holder who's got a plan that involves a lot of that, uh, Christian. He joins us again on the Bomber Hour on the CGOB Sports Show. Daryl, uh, tell us about your 2020 National Tailgate Party. And for those who maybe uh, haven't heard the whole story, kind of quickly run through the whole idea where it came from and where you're at right now with it. Okay, thanks again, Bob, for having me on again. 
It's starting to feel like date night for us on Tuesday nights now. <laughs> um, uh, so the whole t- idea came along as an idea that we wanted to run for an individual tailgate party. This started 17 days ago, and we're only 17 days away from blowing this thing over the top. So what's happened now is if we've expanded out food bank uh, Canada is now involved, so all donations, uh, we're driving the bus on this. Uh, we want to help Food Bank Canada out as much as we can. Um, just to kind of clarify a little bit more, too, I've had a, uh, people reach out to me. So uh, what we are doing on the uh, website that, uh, that I've set up now, there's a $25 registration fee. So this fee is for the entire group, not for the individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, the registration fee will give each group a connection to Food Banks Canada, where their individual fundraising promos uh, will be accepted and recorded. So this will give us the accuracy of the uh, bookkeeping on it. Any donations over $10 to the food bank uh, will receive a tax receipt, too. Okay. Yeah, I just think it's awesome. Like the Canada Food Banks is my choice for sponsorship now, and they really do need our support now. Yeah. So if I've got a, if I'm a, a bomber fan and I've got a group of about seven others, I go to your website and I register my group. Is that how it works? Absolutely. And what the registration will do for you uh, is you're also going to get logged in. Um, there's going to be lots of prizes that are uh, we're working on the sponsorship now. So you send in your best pictures, uh, your best cold videos. Um, you know, we're going to have the best uh, the best food, the best theme. So there'll be several prizes that we're going to uh, award across the country on it. Okay. And this is for June 13th, which is the date of the Blue Bomber, or was going to be the date of their regular season opener and and you're trying to make this work across the country how's that working out uh yeah it is uh i'm getting lots of response from uh, across the country alberta's really keen in now too um especially from calgary they're finally getting over the fact that we beat them twice on their home turf <laughs> on our march to the gray cup last year so the it's going now right so and what's the website daryl for those who want more information want to get involved uh budnick's blitz promotions uh, you can check it out there. Uh, um, it's a work in progress on the website. This whole crazy thing, again, only started 17 days ago. So yeah. uh, reach out, contact me. Uh, I'm more than happy to provide information. We really would like to have everybody behind this. Okay, Budnick's is B-U-D-N-I-C-K. Budnick's yeah. Blitz Promotions is the place to yeah. go to get more info. Right, and Food Bank Canada, again, we're going to have another major announcement coming out, uh, hopefully by tomorrow evening or Thursday. If you don't mind, Bob, I'd like to reach out for you uh, once that becomes official. Sure, we'll uh, we'll pass along any more information you have, Daryl, as we go along here. It sounds like a great idea. Uh, and we, we wish you well, and we thank you again for joining us tonight to fill us in. Do I have 20 seconds? Yes, you do. Yep. Three, Bob? Yep. So I, I, uh, I'm interested to hear, I finally heard where that Knuckles nickname <laughs> came from. Yeah. Uh, what have you mind. heard? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I could relate. Uh, most of my family is from Saskatchewan, and I was born in Manitoba. So as a child, when we used to travel towards Saskatchewan, I'd get really scared at the border. Who do you could see so many watermelons growing in one place? <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we have to break because we're heading into the news. So I will explain at some point on this show where that nickname came from, for those who don't know, uh, and we'll leave it at that. Daryl, thanks for joining us. Uh, We'll talk to you again. Thanks again, Bob. Okay, Daryl Budnick. Welcome back to the show. Second half of the Bomber Hour here for this Tuesday, 
May 26th, Christian O'Mell and Bob Irving in the cozy confines of the Polo Park studio with the squeaky chairs in there still squeaking. Yeah, they're still squeaking. <laughs> Nothing's changed back no. there, of course. Now, when it comes to the Blue Bombers' Grey Cup title, Bob, I th- we can look at a, a number of key figures in why they were successful, but their ability to run the ball and their ability to protect the quarterback were two keys and that all starts with the offensive line. It sure does, and that's a great note to start this segment off on, Christian, because Marty Costello, the Bomber O-line coach, joins us, and we're going to uh, talk about the Grey Cup game. Marty, we've been reminiscing all this week and last week about that uh, incredible run to the Grey Cup title last year and, of course, talking about the the issues that exist in the world today. But let's go back to the game in Calgary. Welcome to the show, first of all. Yeah, Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Good to hear your voices again. Yeah, and you're in Fargo, right? Yep, yep, just north of Fargo. That's just, correct. Okay, just north of Fargo, North Dakota. That's where Marty off-seasons. All right, so the Grey Cup game, uh, we thought you owned the line of scrimmage, Marty. Were you surprised at all? And, of course, Hamilton came in with that 15-3 and record, a good D-line. Were you surprised at all how you dominated the trenches? You know, uh, I've seen our guys uh, have success against everybody else in the league, so it was uh, it was fun to sit back and watch. I don't know if I would say surprised. I think maybe um, to the level that we did um, ha- had me a little bit. Uh, well, I don't. I, I, and I sat back, I sat back and enjoyed myself watching my guys, our guys play. I'll, I'll say that. So. Um, you know, maybe to the level that, that the success that we had. But, uh, you know, I've watched our guys for four years now. And um, when, when we get on the right track and, and they're playing with confidence and, uh, you know, and they're communicating and they're uh, doing the things that we ask them to do or that they, that they love to do, you know, they've, they've been pretty dominant over the last four years. So, yeah, we were, we were uh, happy to see what, what turned out, obviously. Well, and you had some youth in there, too, that really, uh, really came to the fore, right? Yeah, we we, uh, we lost uh, Mike Couture there towards the end of the season, and, and Cody Speller, who's you know he he played some games for us early and um, got thrown in there at center for the playoff run and did a great job. And, and Drew, as a young guy, um, I'm, I'm not sure what week it was, maybe week 12, he he jumped in the starting lineup and played a little bit before that. But after week 12 or 13, whenever he played, you know he did a fantastic job for us as a young guy and. Um, you know, a lot of credit goes to the other the other uh, old linemen in our in our room. Um, you know, they, they they take those guys under their wings as uh, young guys and rookies, and um, you know, make sure they're ready to go and, and um, helping them out every day and coaching them and, and uh, making sure they know uh, what our standard of operation is. And um, you know, those those guys learn quickly. That's for sure. People here in Winnipeg and Manitoba, Marty, are still talking about the Grey Cup win. As you know, it was the first one in a long, long time for the for the Blue Bombers. Those days after the win and the the frenzy that uh, sort of hit this city, could you feel that? Well, without a doubt, it's 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 almost still a little bit a bit of a blur to me. All, all what happened from the the time the game got over, it felt like. Uh, like three or four days went by like about an hour's worth of time. Um, you know, just uh, being on that parade and, and um, seeing the joy and the, uh, the, the, the expressions that the fans had and just the, the outright um, almost like sense of relief and 
you know, they're all thanking us for the win. And, and as coaches, we're thanking them for their support and, and their passion. And, yeah, it's still uh, – people ask me about it, and I, I still don't know if I can put uh, put it into words what it what it meant to, to our players and our staff and, and uh, the people of Winnipeg for sure. So, All right. Hey, Rick Christian. So, Marty, right now, what does a typical day look like for you? What, How much football work are you able to do? Well, it, it's quite a bit. You know, it's it's uh, at the start of this whole COVID-19 situation, you know, everybody's like, work from home. Well, I was like, well, that, that's kind of like a normal CFL offseason for us as coaches. You know, we were um, – I was in Winnipeg, uh, let's see, middle of February until early March. We were there for, you know, two, three weeks doing some, some offseason work, which we normally do, and when that's over, we, we uh, split up again and go back home and, and everybody kind of goes their separate ways for a few more weeks. And we all have our projects um, that we're going to work on. So it's, you know, leading up to that, to that time that we were back together in February, we all have things that we have to do or that we want to do and, and get accomplished. And, and then when we break, there's other things that we want to do and now transition. And, and so working from home for a CFL coach is, is something that I was, um, accustomed to, and, and it was just part of my daily routine. Now, just the, the length of it's made it a little bit interesting and, and challenging, I guess, so to speak. But uh, in the world of coaching football, there's always something else to do. There's always uh, another tape to watch. There's always another offensive lineman to study. There's always another defense to, to look at, see if you can kind of figure it out. So, you know, it's it's not an issue of having enough to do, that's for sure. So. How hard is the waiting now, Marty? Because we're all waiting, and you, the people who work for the club, uh, more so than anybody, waiting to see how this is all going to play out. Yeah, that's 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 the tough part. You know, it's it was uh, it, it didn't seem like it was too bad until the day that we were supposed to start rookie camp, and then I woke up that morning and I just had a feeling like I was supposed to be doing something else at that time. Right. And kind of getting kind of getting used to that, and then a couple of days go by, and you're like, okay, main training camp's coming, and all the guys are coming back, and there should be joy in the building again, and that passion starts all over, and um, you know, so there was, I don't want to say it was a tough day because there's obviously a lot of people in this world that have it tougher than us, just waiting for for us our season to start, but it was a it was uncomfortable, I guess, just an unsettling feeling of it's almost like you felt like I was in trouble or like I was missing something. I was supposed to be doing something and I forgot. Um, <laughs> and, you know, just that, that uneasiness, that uncomfortability there. And um, so that, that's kind of where we're at right now. And, um, you know, hoping that, uh, hoping that we can get back as soon as possible. That's, that's all you can do and can't really control the outcome. So you just try to make sure that uh, you're doing um, the best that you can and using your time wisely. Well, Marty, I think uh, that applies to everybody in your organization, and it applies to probably everybody or most people in this country. We're all just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen at the end of this or as it moves along. We appreciate your joining us tonight. Uh, thanks a lot, Marty. Congratulations on the Grey Cup win, and uh, fingers crossed we'll see you sometime this summer here getting ready for a football season. That, that would be great. I'd love to get back across the border and, and get back to work and see everybody at practice again. And I appreciate you guys' time and having me on tonight. Christian O'Mell and Bob Irving with you on the Bomber Hour. And we are joined on the line by the director of content for BlueBombers.com, Mr. Ed Tate. Ed, how are you doing tonight? 
Fantastic, fellas. How are you? Doing great. The last time I had you on, I think we, we went over what we're watching or what we've run out of things to watch in terms of old sports games. You still on that kick, or have you been able to keep busy writing a lot of profiles here with the Bombers? I've been kind of trying to keep busy, Christian. Um, you know, I, I guess the last thing I watched that was a rerun was they showed uh, the 1982 Major League Baseball All-Star game from Montreal last week. I watched a few innings of that just because the Expos were one of my favorite teams growing up. But, man, I miss it. I'm I'm not a big NASCAR fan, but I've been watching that just because it's live and it's it seems fresh. It, if somebody else can, I watched UFC last week too. So if somebody else comes up with something that's live and it's new, uh, I'm, I'm in. Uh, who was your favorite expo, Ed? No question. Andre Dawson. The Hawk. The Hawk. Mile. Yeah. The Hawk. Yep. I was crushed when he left. Yeah. He's in the Hall of Fame, though. He absolutely is, but he's not wearing an Expos hat, I don't think. No, probably not. <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, so all the great stuff you have on bluebombers.com. This stuff with Drew Walatarski, you call it Thursdays with Wally. And I read the just read the most recent one where he's Wally the Wanderer. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a great idea. I love it because he's such a unique person, shall we say, and his views mm-hmm. of the his views of the world are unique and interesting. But it's a great feature, isn't it? Yeah, so you know, Bob, we I'm a huge fan. Um, we both are of the guy. He's just an interesting character, an interesting dude to steal one of his terms as he yeah. ends starts and ends every sentence with dude. Um, but he wrote a, a couple of things for us previously, and he'd actually written a chapter in in the Bomber Great Cup book. Right. And uh, I asked him during the um, the this pandemic, this lockdown, that if he wanted to pen something once a week for the um, for the website, and he came up with the Thursdays with Wally term and the title, and uh, I think he's really explored uh, his writing on our, our site. He's done it before when he was in college. He had written a little bit that had been published when he was at the University of Minnesota, but I know he's appreciative of it. Um, I think, I'm not sure that there's good, I think he's driving to Minnesota or something, um, but it's just a, a, you know, a different voice on the site, and and a different voice in a, in a lot of different ways because he, he is such a unique character and he's got a different perspective on things. Christian, I can tell you one of the things that Ed and I have found and we've compared notes on this over the years is covering the football, uh, the characters on each team, and there's 50 players on each team, so you have a lot of guys to choose from, but the characters are, are wide-ranging and some of the most interesting people you'll find. And Ed, you've been writing about Drew Walatarski, that piece you did on Brandon Alexander and his sort of delving into the music world and and all the rest of it, uh, there's no shortage of interesting dudes in football, are there? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think one of the neat things about football, in particular the CFL, Bob, and you know this better than me, is just the wide-ranging collection of guys you get in the room. You've got Canadian guys from the prairies, Canadian guys from the big city. You've got American guys from the deep south, you know, guys from the the Ivy League, guys from the, the SEC. It's all over the place. I and mean, you get that many people and you put them into a locker room, and by and large, they all get along and they all kind of learn about each other. And you've got the American guys who a lot of times come up here and they feel like strangers in a strange land, but a lot of them end up staying here. 
it's just a, I'm not sure that there's a, a a locker room or a dressing room anywhere in sport that has that many different characters in it with from that many uh, wide ranging back backgrounds and that that's what makes it so much fun to talk to these guys and I guess for me the one cool thing about this pandemic and that, that's probably the wrong way to phrase it uh, the one trade-off of this pandemic is that I've had the chance to talk to guys on the phone for a long time. You know, some of these guys are, you know, are willing to give a half hour instead of the five minutes after a practice. And you can really find out a little bit more about them than we normally would, uh, you know, during a regular practice week leading up to a game. Yeah. The other thing before we take a break and Christian, uh, the one thing I've heard from American players, especially the ones from maybe the deep South over the years is, how much they love being in Canada when they come up here and play. I remember talking to Darvin Adams in Montreal last year, and I said, isn't Montreal a great city? And looking at me, he said, everything about Canada is great. And he said that totally seriously. And it makes you feel good as a Canadian, but you hear that all the time from the players from the United States. And not that they don't don't appreciate their country. They do. But they come up here, and a lot of them have no idea what Canada is about or what their expectations might be. And they, they always leave with great feelings about this wonderful country of ours. Because I'm the kind of guy who needs to fact check everything. Uh, I looked up Andre Dawson. His Hall of Fame bus does have Montreal Allo, or Montreal Expos cap, pardon mm. me, on it. However, right on. when Dawson learned of the Hall of Fame's decision to put an Expos cap on it, he was reportedly gut-wrenched to hear it wouldn't be a cup. So is that worse, Ed? Uh, it doesn't surprise me. You know, as a, again, as an Expos fan, we all know how that team got close so many times and often the ownership group wanted to dismantle it. So anytime they were making too much money, that those guys were sold off and it was just a kind of a repeating pattern with them for the longest time. So I guess that stings a little bit, but uh, it still doesn't uh, change my opinion. He's my favorite guy by far. There's a lot of good guys on that team, a lot of guys to cheer for. And, uh, you know, but the Hawk was the one that stood out for me. All right, Ed, uh, let's get back to the CFL and get away from your love of Hawk Dawson. Uh, Give us your, and you're as tapped in as anybody to what's going on. Of course, you're as familiar as anybody with all the discussion and all the possibilities. How do you see this thing? What are the possibilities as we look ahead down the road the next few weeks of how this all might work out? Well, I mean, look, the, the reality is we have to brace ourselves for the possibility there is no 2020 season. The commissioner keeps saying that. It's like a, a caveat to, to everything. He has to bring that up, that there is a possibility. So you should throw that out right away. Um, for me, I'm uh, I'm trying to stay optimistic about it. I've been saying for a while, and I hope that uh, we're looking at the Labor Day startup that a lot of people have talked about. Now, I don't know if that means Labor Day for the start of training camp or Labor Day for the start of the regular season. I've got my fingers crossed. Um, you know, this hub city uh, concept that they're talking about, maybe between Winnipeg and Regina and the teams traveling back and forth by bus is something that I think has some merit, but a lot smarter people than me are, are putting these different ideas together and it includes doctors and, and, and expert scientists. And it includes, you know, the, the politicians and the people that will have a, a share in and deciding this or a stake in deciding this. Um, I just, I just hope that the league doesn't go dark until next year because I, I, I just, I, I don't like the idea of uh, no football for that long and I'm not sure it's good for the league. So 
Yeah. Uh, like everybody else, I've just got my fingers crossed and, and hope that we're playing. I don't like I said to to Darren Cameron at work. I don't care if the games are in Morton, Dauphin, Winnipeg, BC. Let's just go. Let's get some games playing played again. Okay. How about this one, Ed and Christian O'Mal? And I, I don't have rose-colored glasses on, but I do have a glass-full view of this. Here's a scenario. So we're May the what is today? May the twenty-sixth. Let's say at the end of July, middle of toward the end of July, COVID-19 hasn't disappeared, but it has really, really, really calmed down. Is there a possibility that by the 1st of September in Alberta, the Edmonton Eskimos could play a game and put 20,000 people in their 50,000-seat stadium? Or in Calgary and McMahon, they could maybe... Put sixteen or seventeen thousand in there. BC Place, uh, put fifteen thousand in. IG Field, put in half the stadium. Social distance them. Uh, keep an eye on people in the concourse. Is is that out of the question that 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 could happen? Well, I, I guess I'll weigh in first. Uh, I'm not sure we know the answers to anything about this. I don't know. I wouldn't rule out anything, Bob. It's, you know, if you're doing the social distancing and doing all the things you're supposed to do uh, by the government guidelines. And, you know, I would certainly love to see some fans in there as opposed to playing into an empty building. Again, that's got to get the green light from everybody. I, guess, I suppose at some point, you know, each CFL team has got to look at where's the where's the cutoff on here? At what at what point is it costing too much money to do it versus um, for trying that kind of concept? I'm open to it. I hope something like that happens. But the funny thing is, you know, like you said, it's May 26. So much seems to have changed since April 26, since March 26. Who's to know what it's going to look like exactly. in a month to two yeah. months? So that's the part that. As you say, as a glass half full guy, I'm encouraged too and hopeful that uh, something changes, more things change for the better than for the worse here. What do you think, Christian? I think it's tough to imagine games without fans. Me I don't too. think the yep. league can really even afford to do it. So my thinking has always been they're either going to have some fans or there won't be games, period. So we'll see how that works out. Like you said, the science changes so much. We don't know what next week will look like, let alone two months from now we're obviously kicking butt here in Manitoba when it comes to keeping the virus under wraps it's not necessarily the same everywhere so when it comes to the league wide you look at Ontario it's not quite the same but we will keep our fingers crossed and remain hopeful Ed thanks for joining us tonight and uh, we'll keep reading your stuff on bluebombers.com appreciate it boys thanks for having me on have a good day thanks Ed and again I'm just saying you know what if what if all this happened all well, these positive things happened uh, and and why not why couldn't they sure. yeah, and maybe they, they won't and maybe they can't but why couldn't they that's kind of the way i we look hope. at things